Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up In Game. My name is Michael, and I am here joined, as always, with my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I've been playing Starfield all weekend. It has been... Fuck you. <laughs> it's been incredibly <laughs> enjoyable. I cannot wait to talk about it next week. I'm going to hold off on my thoughts. You have a whole spiel whenever we get into our docket, so I'm going to leave that to you. Uh, but I, I did find it funny. We just had like a 20 minute conversation about Starfield, uh, the weirdness of the way they were releasing the game. We're recording this on Tuesday morning and the game is still isn't out yet. Instead, it's going to be releasing at like 8 PM Eastern, which is just awkward. You think it would have been like 8 PM Eastern on Monday for a Tuesday release date, but I don't know. It, it's very weird. And then we were talking about some, uh, some controversy, not necessarily around Starfield, but the reviews, if you know what I mean. Some sites and content creators out there who were a little miffed that they didn't get a code early. Yeah, that was uh, apparently something that you and I, I guess, really dislike. And uh, yeah, I kind of wish we had it in this episode, but... Because we'll, we'll have it in next week's deep dive discussion for, sure. for next week, yeah. But right now, for this week, let's talk about what's on our docket for today. Since our main topic isn't news related, we are flipping our usual format so the news comes first. You can expect that in any non news related main topics going forward. Also, we're going to hold off on talk about Starfield as we mentioned before, since we have our Starfield deep dive discussion episode next week. But in other non Starfield related news, Bethesda isn't ready to give up on Redfall. Saints Row developer Volition has closed down. Hogwarts Legacy 2 and Red Dead Redemption 3 are rumored to be in the works. Elder Scrolls 6 is officially in early development. And in our main topic, we'll look back at the Redfall story for inspiration as we ask ourselves, what are the greatest and worst attempts at a gaming comeback in history? And disclaimer, real quick, we just want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit and if anybody wants to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should take rumors or reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable, but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced. And sometimes, even then, it might not, I'm sorry, even then, it might get canned in the future. With that disclaimer out of the way, here we go with our stories of the week. Bethesda isn't giving up on Redfall. While speaking with GameIndustry.biz, Bethesda's Pete Hines was asked how Redfall's poor reception changed the studio and if it has placed more pressure on Starfield. This is what Hines' response. Quote, we are always in a process of learning, so that's not new for us. We don't like failing to meet our players' expectations. At the same time, we are the same company that has had launches that didn't go the way we wanted. And we don't quit or abandon stuff just because it didn't start right. The Elder Scrolls Online's PC launch was not flawless, but we stuck with it. Now it's like this insanely popular multi-platform. It's the same with Fallout 76. Redfall is no different for us. Okay, we didn't get the start we wanted, but it's still a fun game, and we're going to keep working on it. We're going to do 60 frames per second, 
We're going to get it to be a good game because we know as a first party studio, Game Pass lives forever. There will be people 10 years from now who are going to join Game Pass and Redfall will be there. As for pressure on Starfield, there's always pressure with every launch. The pressure is an external thing we keep an eye on, but we don't allow it to be a focus because we have zero control over it. What can we control? We control the game. How good is it? How does it run? How fun is it? Well, then let's do that and everything else will sort itself out. End quote. So Taylor, should Bethesda just move on from Redfall or are they making the right call? It's a complicated question, right? Because Redfall was such a massive flop. It's kind of hard to be like, yeah, just fix it and the players will come back. But at the same time, just like Pete Hines said, the Simbethes is done in the past with Elder Scrolls Online and with Fallout 76 that I kind of think it is the right call to just keep working on it and make the game as good as it possibly can be. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, it's a no-brainer. Uh, just keep trying to, to get Redfall going. Like that's, that's modern gaming now. It's like, hey, if the game is bad, we can still fix it, unlike in the past, where if it was bad, that's kind of it. You better hope the DLC... Uh, can fix things with quality of life. That's what they used to do. They used to put the quality of life updates into uh, into DLCs and stuff. Uh, and now you can just like, hey, you can make the game better now and work on a DLC later, uh, a la Cyberpunk 2077. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, Redfall was the game that I was excited for before Starfield. Like, I, it's, it's funny. I was questioning Starfield, but I was excited for Redfall. Uh, because of the two studios that were making them. Uh, and just for me to be disappointed by Redfall and being excited for Starfield. <laughs> and uh, now I'm hearing how good Starfield is. And now I'm like, fuck, I can't even play Starfield even though I really, really want to. Pulling to Michael Scott here. Oh, how the turntables. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it makes me sad because it's like, yo, should I just not get excited for anything until they come close to release so that way I don't get too hyped up? Uh, but yeah, the whole uh, getting the game at 60 frames, making the game better, working on the AI, working on some of the bugs, uh, making exploration a little more exciting. Because that's one of the worst parts of Redfall was exploration. Uh, the map isn't that big compared to modern games, uh, modern open world games. But at the same time, because it is so so much smaller, you think it'd be a bigger focus on making the world more engaging and fun. Uh, but, you know, it just feels like a chore to play right now. Uh, I had a hard time playing a game with friends. We constantly got booted out of each other's games. Uh, we constantly had frame issues while running around together, even by myself. Um, I've had bugs where vampires would look right at me and wouldn't do a thing until I kill them or get stuck in cars and walls and stuff. And then, of course, there's some of the worst offenders. When you play multiplayer with your game, with your friends, only the hosts, uh, gets progress through the story and everybody else have to go back and do it again by themselves, which is really stupid. I don't really like that. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's holding Redfall back, but hopefully with modern gaming, they'll do something that should make it decent. Unless they pull a No Man's Sky and just do like a whole bunch of free crap. I think Redfall's going to go from a bad game to a decent one. And in 10 years, people people who are starting to play uh, uh, Redfall and Game Pass we're either too young or just completely forgot about Redfall and be like, oh, wow. 
I didn't know this game was out 10 years ago. I wish I played it sooner. No, you don't. You Be happy you played it 10 years from now. This is a story that I think I'm definitely on the fence on. Because I see the devil's advocate of what you're saying. Because I could see the argument of somebody going, I'd rather Bethesda and Arcane just say, screw it, we're going to move on. This didn't work. Let's try a new game. I'm glad game. it didn't. And I can definitely get behind that. Well, well hold, on, hold on. Let's go back here. Why are you glad they didn't? Are you somebody who always loves when studios try to work it out? With the way modern games work nowadays, how much more complex and, uh, and, 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 and free that they're getting, I would, a studio, rather keep working on a game and getting their vision out there and be like, hey, this is a completed game. Yeah, I don't like that it happens because I'd rather have my completed game right when it releases. But things happen. Uh, Redfall is one of those games that everybody, including myself, was uh, happy for because of the multiplayer from the studio that brought us Dishonored, one of the coolest uh, assassin games out there. Um, but you know, I, I, I you, you, it's like with Fortnite when you, when the game is free to play, you're like, hey, you have to study Fortnite because Fortnite did it right. Uh, no Man's Sky, they did. They did updates right, you know. They did. Hey, we're sorry. We're going to make it up to you the right way. Uh, honestly, I think I think they did too much. Not to interrupt you here, but you yeah. just mentioned Dishonored as well. That's kind of what I'm getting into. Is I think there's some people, possibly including myself. I'm not really sure where I land on this again, but there are some people who I think would go just let Arcane work on like a new Dishonored. Like, this didn't work. At best, like you said, you said, hey, I don't think it's going to be a great game whenever they're done with it, but it'll be a decent game. Is it worth them upgrading Redfall from a total flop to a decent game, or is it better to basically go, you know what? Hands up, it didn't work. Our bad. Let's move on to something else. I think it's best that they work on it. Um, People who are just like, hey, it didn't work, Oops, our bad. Hey, wait for a sequel. Wait for another time. We're going to keep working on something else. Like, no, you're you're showing your fans that you don't care about your product. That you threw it out there. It didn't work. You don't care. So you're moving on. So why should I care about your next product? Because you could probably do the same thing to the next game you make. But if you show like, hey, we're doing this because we care about our product. We care about you spending your money on this. We want this to be a fun game. We want this to be enjoyable. And, you know, that's their chance to learn from, you know, like you said, they're always learning in video in video game design. You're always learning something in coding. You're always learning something in design. You're always learning something. Uh, So for them to stick with it, get all this feedback, negative and positive and learn like, hey, okay, this is things that we can't do for the next game. This is stuff that we got to work on or hey, I didn't know we can do this and discover something new and make a new power because they're already talking about, hey, we're going to have new characters, DLC, yada, yada. Well. You got to work on this first. You, you got to make sure the game is fun first before you bring out any new characters. Or if you do bring new characters, have the quality of life update with them. Um, one of the games that I've talked about in the past that I really love, No Straight Roads. Awesome game. I love it. It is buggy. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a short game. Uh, it's one of those uh, boss marathon kind of games. Um, but, you know, the the developer... Uh, the developers, they worked on it for a little while and it was like, okay, we're going to have updates. Like, this is great. 
but then they released the Steam version because at first it was Epic Games uh, Game Stores exclusive alongside the consoles. But a year or so later, when they finally launched it on Steam, the Steam version came with the big quality of life uh, update that we've been waiting for. It came out with all these cool extras. It, it was like the definitive edition. But the Epic Game Store and the console version didn't get that update for some reason. They're like, oh, well, we're a small studio. We don't have the resources, yada, yada, yada. Because of that, I, as someone who, like, this is yeah, no straight words, no straight roads with their first game. And, like, I put my, my, my faith into them. Like, hey, this looks cool. This looks unique. As a new studios. I'm going to buy the special edition. I bought the special editions, which everybody knows cost significantly more because I wanted to put my faith in his new studios because they were doing something cool. They were doing something unique. And it was something refreshing. It's something that I wanted. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to put down the money. I'm going to support it. Well, when you do that, when you release the update, the definitive edition, the quality of life and all that on a different platform, and it costs significantly less than what I pay for when I put my faith in you, uh, at the very beginning, initially, that puts a bad taste in my mouth and goes to show that you don't care about your fans in a way that you pretend you do. It's like, hey, thanks for supporting us in our first game. Now screw off. We're going to give this other platform uh, even more for less. I really hate when studios do that. It doesn't happen often, but I hate when they do that. So when a studio says, hey, we're just going to move on to the next game. I feel that way. I feel that they don't care about their fans. They don't care about their product. They just like release it, go on to the next thing. I'd rather they say, hey, we screwed up. This isn't right. This isn't what we want. We want you to have fun with the game. So we're going to take all your feedback, as much as it hurts us, and we're going to make this into a fun game. At least that tells me that they care enough. I think that's a very fair point to make. I think my thing is, I look at something like Mass Effect and Andromeda, right? That was a colossal flop. And instead of just going all in and being like, you know what? We're going to fix Andromeda. They did make some improvements, and they definitely had some quality of life stuff there, but it never felt like they went all in in the same way that Hello Games has, that Bethesda has in the past. So I I, I look at that game, and I'm like, I think Bioware made the right call because I think conceptually it just did not work. So I think my opinion on this is it really just depends on the game because conceptually Redfall was a pretty good idea. I think that was a general reception, right? Yeah, like it's a cool, it's a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. So conceptually, I don't think it's a bad idea. So I'm, I'm with you now. I think that they should definitely continue to go on. But if a game is like Mass Effect Andromeda, to where, man, in the concept phase, this seemed to be a miss. I think it's counterproductive to continue to try to work on the game. Yeah, you know that's that, that that's strange uh, to bring up uh, Andromeda. Not because it's a strange game, because like I didn't even think about that. That's how much I forgot Andromeda was a thing. Um, it's the only Mass Effect game I've never finished. I even played like the small side story of uh, Mass Effect. But uh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, that is that is a weird thing to think about because even I was like, yeah, Andromeda. I don't see how you can make this fun. Uh, it's because it's more, it was more than just a technical level. It was like the game itself just wasn't that interesting and fun. And I think for something like that, that's the kind of game that you have to retool from like the ground up. So yeah, that, that, that is kind of strange. It is, it does depend on the game. Because some games, you can see the potential, you can see the fun, and others you're just like, yeah, no, there's nothing that's going to fix this. But I think another thing you could add on to the Mass Effect Andromeda 
of games that conceptually I just don't think that they were going to work is the Saints Row reboot. I understand this is a terrible segue into our next story, but I feel like as a video game, you can look at that and be like, I don't know if that was... That was going to be it, Chief? Yeah, it just didn't look like it. From what they planned for the map, for the story, for the characters, it just didn't seem like it was going to... It seemed like a weird mix of, we want to please the old school Saints Row fans, Saints Row 1 and 2, and we also want to please the Saints Row 3 and 4 fans. And it came across as just, it didn't please anybody. Yeah, and it's so weird because the Saints Row uh, game actually buried uh, the studio's Volition. As Volition Games, the studio known for the Saints Row series, is shutting down. And here's a statement from Volition themselves. Now, they put this out on social media, so it's going to take me a sec, folks. Quote, The Volition team has proudly created world-class entertainment for fans around the globe for 30 years. We've been driven by a passion for our community and always work to deliver joy, surprise, and delight. This past June, Embracer Group announced a restructuring program to strengthen Embracer and, and, uh, and maintain its position as a leader in the video game industry. As part of that program, they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made a difficult decision to close Volition Effective immediately. To help our team, we are working to provide job assistance and help smooth the transition for our Volition family members. We thank our customers and fans around the world for all the love and support over the years. You will always be in our hearts. Volition Games, end quote. As always with stories like this, we hope everyone is on their feet as soon as possible. So Taylor, man, you were going into it. What are the rest of your thoughts on this? Man, this sucks to see. I was not a fan of the Saints Row reboot, but man, I have fond memories of this franchise and what Volition has created over the years. It always sucks to see somebody lose their job. I, it, would, it would be disingenuous for me to say, yeah, the game had nothing to do with it because obviously if the game was successful, I'm not sure Embracer Group would be doing this. So it just sucks to see like, oh man, the reboot happened and it didn't click with people. And I don't think anybody saw Volition complete. I know there were probably jokes out there going like, man, Volition just ruined their reputation with Saints Row. I don't think anybody expected this to happen, the fully shut down. Yeah, it sucks. It was like there's only one bad game out of thirty years. Like that's a great record. Well, I guess Agents of Mayhem also didn't do too hot, but you know that was before Embracer even grabbed them up. Uh, but you know the only reason this happened isn't because uh Saints Row didn't sell well or because of poor reception. I know they use that as an excuse, but really it's because uh, Embracer Group earlier this year was supposed to have a two billion dollar deal with some unknown entity. Uh, but people think it's the uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia, I forgot what they're called, investor group. Um, but, you know, that deal fell through. Now, again, we don't know for sure. I want to make that clear. We don't know for sure what this $2 billion business deal is supposed to be. Uh, people think it's the Saudi Arabia uh, investor group because they've been snack, they've been investing heavily into all kinds of uh, in, in, in game companies around the world. Uh, so we don't know what this $2 billion partnership was supposed to be. But after that, after that fell through, Embracer Group suddenly was going like this fire sale where they started selling off certain properties and 
you know, Volition Volition isn't going to be the only studio that gets restructured. Uh, so, I so for people like, oh man, Saints Row killed the studios. No, it didn't. A two billion dollar well, deal that went I'd through feel like again, it's disingenuous to be like, oh, it had nothing to do with it because of Saints Row the reboot. If the reboot was good, this wouldn't be happening. People would have lost their jobs, but Volition probably wouldn't be shutting down. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, with all the IPs that those that that team did, you can easily just restructure them by like, hey, we're gonna cut the workforce by twenty, forty percent, and move you guys to another game that we're working on, and then maybe in a few years we'll let you work on a new IP again or something. Uh, but completely closing them down because of that, that's some EA level shit, man. Like that, <laughs> that that's that's EA level of petty. Yeah, I was I was really hoping that they would have. This sounds weird to say, but I was hoping it was gonna be a. You know what? Our Saints Row reboot didn't work out. Let's reboot it again. And then we're going to go into a full like comeback. That's what I was hoping was going to come out of this. Was one last chance at Saints Row and then we're going to knock it out of the fucking park. I know that sounds naive and optimistic, but... You know, I, I kind of thought like after this reception, they'll have someone new come in for uh, Saints Row and Volition would do a thing to where they, they make it kind of meta. To where these real gangsters would kill off the characters from uh, Saints Row One, and like that'd be their introduction to being in Saints Row Two. It's like, hey, we're back, baby. We, we killed these nerds. <laughs> I I can see that happening in a Saints Row game. Yeah. So again, just before we move on, like you said in the blurb, with stories like this, we do hope that everybody involved lands on their feet as soon as possible. Especially in the yeah. like, now I know everywhere, but. In the gaming industry, too, that is so, in my opinion, just unstable all the time. Oh, absolutely. And it's because we're slightly oversaturated with studios and publishers. Like, bro, everybody who has a computer has a game studios now. So, I don't know. It's really, it's, it's, it's strange, man. There's so many people coming in and out of the uh, workforce in game design. It's, it's just ridiculous. Our next story is really fun, Michael. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, more greens of salt for everybody. We're all going to have high blood pressure at this point. Um, <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy 2 and Red Dead Redemption 3 are rumored to be in the works. Now, this is according to Leaker, My Time to Shine Hello. That's a hell of a name. I like that. As noted in Insider Gaming's article on the story, it should be said that My Time to Shine Hello mostly covers movies rather than the gaming scene. Off to a great start with this salt. We should definitely take this well with so much salt that it leaves our doggers concerned. Ah, uh, Taylor, you already wrote it in there. You beat me to it. Yeah, That's awesome. For it. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying it isn't happening, just to be a little hesitant about it. After all, the last leaks on a Red Dead project didn't end well. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I'm still laughing about how people were like so disappointed by the Red Dead project. Anyway, My Time to Shine Hello had nothing to do with those previous reports on the Red Dead Redemption's uh, one remaster, but still, it's important to bring up that, yeah, you know, yeah, it is. Duped in the we past. should note it, okay? It's recent yeah. enough that we should note that the old internet, and I believe also, let's be real, the two of us here kind of got, not hyped up, but we kind of bought in to oh, remasters happening. And then whenever the port got announced, it was like, oh, dad, that's rough for us, man. That's rough. Yeah. 
but in our defense, we did use facts from past to justify our thoughts on why yeah. this would be a good remaster. We right? use logic, but when does the gaming industry want to use logic? I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure stuff out with this industry. Uh, it's weird. I love this industry and I hate it at the same time. It's so strange. And I don't even work in it. I, I, I can only imagine how people who work in it feels. Oh, man. But, but, but let's, let's take it game by game. Taylor, would you be surprised to see Hogwarts Legacy get a sequel? Not in the slightest bit. That game sold pretty darn well earlier this year. Now, we should also mention there was a bit of, you talk about people talking online, there was some talk online about Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> there definitely was. So it's going to be a loud development cycle if it, there is a sequel announced. But I would not be surprised in the slightest to see a sequel. I think it's way too early um, to be talking about a daggone Hogwarts Legacy 2. Uh, it was in development, cool. Which would be kind of strange seeing how they're like, oh, we're not going to do DLC. So like, oh, you're just move on to a full-blown sequel. Which, okay, I can kind of see that if you want to take your time. Not only that, but they can expand on so much. From stuff that I've heard about the game, it seems like there were some things that they were, I don't want to say holding back, but with a sequel and you already have the infrastructure of the first game, you could really do so much more in a sequel. And you can have that be your, you know, your flagship game there. Yeah, it's. I I haven't played it. My partner plays it. She loved it. Uh, even though she's not like a huge Harry Potter fan, she likes the Wizarding World, but she doesn't care about Harry Potter. And her best friend absolutely loves the game, and she she's a Harry Potter nut. Uh, so you know they got they got it, they got it so right that people who are just into the Wizarding World can enjoy it, and people who enjoy Harry Potter can enjoy it. So it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Now, me personally, I didn't play it because I'm kind of Harry Pottered out. Uh, I haven't watched the movies. The last Harry Potter thing I could assume that kind of made me go, eh, was uh, the Cursed Child book. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I care about this franchise anymore. Which is okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, uh, moving on yeah. to the other franchise you don't really care about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's talk oh, about come Red on. Dead Redemption. Wait, 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 wait. wait. That was I, a great segue. Come on, man. It, 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 no, it was. It's not that I don't care about Red Dead. I'm just not into Red Dead like a certain cold. No, I heard that you hated Red Dead. All right? That's just, what people on this show believe. I, I didn't hate it. All right? Because I, I bought and played Red Dead 1 and 2. All right. So I, 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 I'm not, it's not like with Harry Potter where I'm just like, I didn't play Hogwarts Legacy. I don't care about the sequel. This, at least I played both of these games. All right. I haven't finished either one of them, but I bought and played them. Well, talking about the Red Dead Redemption thing anyways, I want to get your thoughts out first. All right. Because you're not the Red Dead fan. I'm the Red Dead fan on this panel. So I'll save my thoughts for last year. All right, uh, I kind of don't care. I'm like, man, are you? Because you're not sorry, helping when, the perception here, Michael. I, I know. I'm sorry, man. It's just <laughs> the way they treated players with Red Dead Two, especially with Red Dead Online. Do you guys really want a Red Dead Three? Like, do you really care that much that Rockstar can screw you over with a game that you were super hyped for that made over a billion dollars? Well, it made a billion dollars, just like a GTA. 
But because they couldn't nickel and dime you, they allowed your favorite game to just die off into the sunset, pun intended. And now you're excited because, oh boy, I can't wait for you to do it again with Red Dead 3. There's a distinction here between Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead in terms of players. Now, granted, I agree with you. I think Rockstar abandoned Red Dead Online and never gave it a proper chance. And that screwed up on Rockstar's part. However, one thing I will say is Red Dead Redemption 2, they didn't screw over the single player in any meaning of the word. Now, with Red Dead, I do feel like when you buy that game, you're playing it for the single player. The online is a bonus. Whereas GTA, especially nowadays, it feels like you're getting GTA for online. Now, there's a lot of people, I think, who still get GTA, play the story, and that's all they care about. But long-term, it's a live-service game. Whereas Red Dead, they tried. I don't feel like they tried hard enough. And they went, well, all right, let's put everything in GTA Online again. So you're right when it comes to online, but it's not like Rockstar made a crappy single player and threw it out there and told players to just deal with it. No, in my opinion, they made one of the best single player stories of all time. And they should be applauded for that part. Fair. Fair. I'll give you that. Uh, honestly, you know, I can do with or without a Red Dead 3 or a Hogwarts Legacy 2. But for the fans, I hope it's everything you want and more. Uh, and if you are waiting for Red Dead 3, well, you have to wait another 10 years before that game comes out. Because, man, Rockstar loves to take their time for their games. Okay, I got a question. This leads into our next story. Ooh. What comes out first? And we're going to treat this like this. Oh, my goodness. I know, I, know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. For okay. fun, we're treating this <laughs> as this leak could be accurate. What do you think will come out first? Red Dead Redemption 3. Or Elder Scrolls 6? <sighs> Alright, so we do know that Elder Scrolls 6 is in early development. But we also know GTA 6. I'm sorry, we are, you said Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls 6 and Red Dead 3. And we do know that Red Dead 3 is just rumored. Yes. Uh, so because so, so going through facts and logic that we like to do on the show, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Elder Scrolls 6 will come out first. Because at least we know for a fact that's in development. That's true. However, Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2 has a way shorter uh, time span between the two games coming out than the GTA. So I'm wondering if they make a Red Dead Redemption 3, would the development cycle actually be a bit shorter? No, I doubt it. I, I doubt Red Dead's three cycle will be any shorter. I mean, maybe by like a year or two instead of ten years, it might do eight years. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to rush through Red Dead three. Uh, yeah, they're definitely going to take their sweet time with it. They take the sweet time with uh, Max Payne three. They took the sweet time with Red Dead two. They took the sweet times with Grand Theft Auto five. So yeah, Rockstar isn't the type of company that's like, hey. We have earnings coming up. We need this game out now. It's like, hey, this, this game is going to make money. We can release it in December. We can release it in January. We can release it in August. No matter what month we release it in, this game is going to sell. Uh, so, yeah, I think Elder Scrolls 6 is going to come out before. In fact, we might get Elder Scrolls 6 before we even get, like, an announcement of Red Dead 3's development. That's fair. That's fair. 
But are you ready to get into our next, and I believe final, news story of the week? Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is officially in early development. As I mentioned before, at least we know that for sure. While speaking with Spanish gaming news via Vandal, and this was later translated by GameSpot, Pete Hines is at it again, revealed that Elder Scrolls 6 was now in early development. But we won't hear about that, about the game for years. Here's a quick excerpt from the interview. Quote, so, no, don't expect hearing anything about Elder Scrolls 6 anytime soon. For now, Starfield is our focus, and it will continue to be our priority for some time until we speak about anything else. End quote. Alright, yeah, I don't think this is much of a surprise, but Desi was focused on making Starfield for years, and now they are focused on keeping Starfield on the right track post-launch. Uh, so yeah, you and I were just talking about Elder Scrolls 6. Like, I just wanted to get that quote out there so people know where, where this discussion came from. Uh, that we didn't just randomly think Elder Scrolls 6. Like, is in our new story? We had a reason for it. Uh, so Taylor, we talked about it earlier, but what are your thoughts on Elder Scrolls 6 finally being in early development? I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts about this. We wouldn't even be talking about Elder Scrolls 6 right now if Bethesda didn't have a tease at the end of E3 2018 about it. If they just never announced it, it would have been so much better for the company. I hate to say it, but by announcing Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 on the same event, you kind of just put so much pressure on Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield for that matter to be like, alright, which one's coming out first? Oh, Starfield is? Alright, well, now you're keeping us from playing Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. Yeah, even Todd was like, yeah, sometimes I'm I'm up at night like, damn it, did I just announce this too early? Yeah, and now we're five years later, and we're sitting here oh, now Elder Scrolls 6 is finally in early development. Some people who aren't into the gaming scene are probably sitting around who saw that event and went, where's that Elder Scrolls game at? Should be out by now. But no, it is years yeah. from release. So man, what a it like short term, it was awesome. I'm not gonna have this revisionist history that it wasn't. <laughs> you can't yeah. sit here and tell me that the short term of Bethesda announcing Starfield man oh man, a whole new IP? Awesome. And then Elder Scrolls Six to end it is okay. Bethesda, they know what they're fucking doing over there. But long term, nah, it wasn't it wasn't worth it. You should have just announced Starfield and let it be that. Yeah, that quick high of, oh my gosh, we're getting Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield? Oh, it's going to be so awesome. And be like, yeah, you still got to wait like five, six years for Star for Starfield. They might <laughs> as well have announced Fallout 5 too while they were at it. <laughs> we're thinking about doing Fallout. It's like, yeah, wow, that's, yeah, I, I agree with you. It was way too early. And it was cool at first, but now it's just like, oh, right, yeah, you guys got a game coming out. Also, early development means concept phase. You know, they're, they're testing out on things. They're testing what they can do with the engine. Uh, they're doing artwork for it. Early development does not mean they're actually putting code to computer and, like, playing the game. That's when they're, that's, that's when they're in uh, the development phase. Early development's concept. Then you get to development. Uh, then you get into pre-development, which is all the testing and physics and stuff with your engine. And then there's development, and then there's post-development. So yeah, don't expect don't not expect Elder Scrolls Six until like 
I dare say, close to the end of the PS5 and Series X uh, lifespan. I would say the earliest in terms of predictions here, because it feels like naturally we're about to throw out predictions. I would say the earliest Ooh. that we could see Elder Scrolls Six is probably 2027. The absolute earliest. You know, I think that's fair. With them being early development, and usually they don't like to show off their games to like, what, a year or so before the game actually comes out, which is one thing that made the early, the early announcement kind of weird. Like, we start getting... With Bethesda, we start getting like detailed, hardcore details within a year of the game actually coming out. So yeah, I think twenty seven is actually a pretty good prediction. You got any thoughts on this before we move on? Uh no, it pretty much mirrors yours. Way too early to announce. Uh, way too soon to talk about. It's an early development. They just finished Starfield, which, by the way, they're still gonna be working on Starfield because Star Starfield already has uh, at least one DLC expansion coming out. Yeah, this is, it is going to be like Fallout and like Elder Scrolls. They're going to treat it the exact same way. Some DLC content, they're putting everything they have into the game, then they'll move on to the next thing. So, like you just said, it's going to be a while before we see it. And like P.I.'s just said, it's going to be a while before anybody sees Elder Scrolls 6. (laughs) Yeah. So, this isn't to hate on the game either. I, no, I think both not. of us are incredibly excited for it, but we both are also sitting here going, yeah, but there's no point being excited for it <laughs> because we're years away. Yeah, it's going to take forever. This might be the last time we talk about the game for maybe... Until a new rumor pops up. Yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> uh, yes, but with that said, Taylor, I do have something interesting for you, but that's going to be part of our main topic. So how about you go ahead and take it away? All right. I don't know what you're teasing over there, but getting into our main topic, the best video game comebacks and failed video game comebacks. For our main topic today, let's talk about the comeback. Sometimes games are released in horrendous states. Usually, these games lead to dwindling player count, sales numbers going down, poor review scores or Metacritic ratings, and more. Then, there is the return of a franchise one thought to be riding off into the sunset or dead in the water. So today, we're closing out our show and talking freely about some of our favorite comebacks in the gaming history, and some of the games that attempted a comeback only to ultimately fail in the end. So, Michael, you were teasing something earlier. What are you kicking off our main topic with, man? A success story or a failure? I'm, of course, going to be the negative Nancy here and start off with the failure. You actually brought it up earlier. You actually brought it up earlier, but I would say uh, the biggest failed video game comeback it's actually an EA game. And I think, at first I was like, oh, wow, you know, I forgot all about it. But I thought it was going to be uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. But I actually have a bigger failure than that. I will go ahead and say that the biggest failed video game comeback will have to be Anthem. Mm, that's actually, okay. So people who don't know, Anthem, EA was going to, uh, EA and Bioware was going to attempt to come back with Anthem. They had this big, what was it, like a huge announcement? Was it a whole video, too, I think? And they were talking about oh, everything man, they, they were going to do. Like, this game is they going did this to... this huge 
they did huge blog posts. They did videos on yeah. it. They, like, the director, I, I believe he was the director at the time, even came out and was like, hey, we heard you. Like, we're really going to fix up on all of this. We're, it's going to be pretty much be a new game. And in fact, it was so big, they were calling it Anthem 2.0 Overwatch. It wasn't, it wasn't Anthem 2. It was 2.0. And really, there was a lot of surprisingly optimism behind it. Like, oh man, we it might was. actually get the anthem. Maybe not the one we were promised, but an actual really good game. But then ultimately, yeah. EA decided just to pull the plug and be like, you know what? Kind of what we were talking about earlier. It didn't work. We're calling it a day. So that is a very interesting game right there. Because it did attempt to come back, but it also never even got the chance to come back. It never got off the ground. Well, the problem is... um, at that time when the game came out and it was like super bad or not super bad, but like super undercooked, um, it started, the story started coming out about what happened. And it was one of the few times that we couldn't blame EA uh, because EA allowed this game to like simmer and cook. Like they actually gave the game time to become something more. And unfortunately it's because Bioware didn't even know what the game was going to be. And so there's like this, this internal turmoil that was going on over there where they couldn't figure out a theme for it. They couldn't figure out mechanics. Uh, at one point in time, when the when when, when an EA exec went to play the game, uh, he had the, the, he loved the flying mechanic. They were actually getting ready to throw the flying mechanic out of the game. That's how confused they were about the identity of, of Anthem. The best part that everybody loved about Anthem was a flying was flying around in the javelins. And it, and we were this close to having them just remove the whole thing, the whole flying mechanics out of the game in the first place. And that's one of the few times where you can say and a, a suit actually saved the game, which is kind of weird to say sometimes. And when they did the uh, trailer at E3 or EA, I think it was EA Play or something like that. It was at E3, though, but they had their own little section. Uh, they, a lot of the employees at Bioware saw that trailer for the first time was like oh that's what the game is supposed to be so it was like wait a minute <laughs> so that was just a fancy cinematic you guys had no idea what you were even doing they created artificial roadblocks for uh players to just grind away because they knew that people was gonna be able to fly through the game because there wasn't enough content um the end game is terrible a lot of the loot that dropped well not a lot but many of the loot that dropped would actually had a chance to roll to a way to uh, rng random number generate to where a lot of the stats will be zero so it made so it made like a rare item or a legendary item useless and there were times where the bosses would just do nothing they 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 were just easy pickings for a lot of players especially since it was an online co-op kind of thing so if you and your friends went in you could just completely steamroll the game and it was because it was just undercooked and it's one of those times where you can't say it was ea's fault it was purely on bioware uh, and so when they were like, yeah, we're going to do this big 2.0 thing, they were basically just redoing the whole game. And when they realized that, oh, man, we can't, like, we simply can't, uh, everything that we've tried is not working out. Bioware themselves pretty much gave up and was like, hey, yeah, you know, we have to throw in a towel. Uh, we wanted to. We really wanted to make this a great game. But we struggled for the past, I think it was, they've been working on a game for like five to 10 years. We've worked on this game for like 10 years. And couldn't figure out the identity. Now that the game is out there and we're trying to fix it, we still don't know exactly what we want this game to be. 
So yeah, Bioware just pretty much gave up on there, and they made this big deal about about Anthem 2.0. You know, they made an event in game and all this stuff. It's like, oh man, it's gonna be awesome. Just a few months later, be like, yeah, no, you know what? Screw it. We we don't we don't want to do this anymore. We don't know what we're doing. So they dropped the whole game, and in my opinion, that is probably easily the biggest failed video game comebacks I've ever seen myself. Well, I guess for me, let's start off with the easy positive like oh man that saved the game comebacks here and in recent memory we're not going to get into no man's sky number no man's sky is probably number one in the greatest comeback stories in gaming i think we can even though you're not a fan of the game i think you can probably agree on that oh yeah absolutely i think sea of thieves has made a remarkable comeback as well uh fallout 76 i think it had a respectable comeback I still don't think it lived up to the hype that the game was initially presented as, but I believe it made a respectable comeback. You got any very easy examples that we don't have to dive into? Oof, that is a very good question. Uh, I would say Final Fantasy sixteen online. Because uh, I, I remember how disappointed everybody was with that MMO because people love Final Fantasy uh, MMOs. And I remember, like, everybody just despised that game. Well, at least the fans did. And then somehow, the director, they completely did a 180, and they pretty much built the game up from the ground up. But they didn't build it from the ground up. But it felt, they did so much work on it that it felt like a brand new game. And even to this day, people absolutely adore it. And it's finally coming to Xbox. And it's just like, man, that, that's the kind of comeback story you like to hear to where people are just like oh man uh this is so disappointing i don't i i, I don't know what happened to developers like yeah you know what we're, we're sorry about this let's go ahead and fix this and they just put their all into it and just becomes this magnificent thing because they took feedback from fans they looked back at their history and they had a passion for it uh so while i haven't played final fantasy 16 online uh, the online uh, the mmo uh i i still remember like how much of a cluster it was when it first launched and how people just absolutely despised it and how fans were so disappointed just for the game to do a complete 180 and being like this shining gem of comeback stories and how if you don't give up on your fans and don't give up on your game and if you work at it, you can actually like completely change the game and have more people come in because of the story of how passionate the developers were. So I got two more examples here. The first one, Mortal Kombat 9. I think that game led to arguably the greatest stretch that the franchise has ever had. Was it 9 that got everybody hyped up about Mortal Kombat That 9? was the reboot game. And I believe that oh. reboot was the start of this new stretch for NetherRealm. To whereas we had Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat 11, we now have Mortal Kombat 1. And you also have in that stretch Injustice, Injustice 2. I feel like it has really given Netherrealm new life. And now you look at this new game coming out soon, Mortal Kombat 1, it looks tremendous, man. Man, it looks awesome. (laughs) Its only flaw seems to be that it's coming out at just the wrong time. That seems to be its only flaw. I know it's it's Mortal Kombat. It's probably going to sell well. But man, it still feels like it's coming out at the wrong time with all For these For you, games. because there's something, yeah, there's something that you want. Oh, true. 
Yeah, it's Spider-Man too. <laughs> and also Alan <laughs> White comes out around that time as well. Alan White too. Yeah, but yeah, but uh the fighting community is big. So, you know, that's what they're truly aiming for is the fighting community when they release. And, you know, everybody else they'll 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 trickle in. Because uh, people like me, I went for like the ultimate edition. Uh, because Mortal Kombat has this thing to where they just love adding in new characters. And I wait until they're done adding in new characters because I want a complete game. Uh, so, like, it's, I do it with Street Fighters. I tried doing it with DOA 6. Uh, so, when it comes to these fighting games, I wait <laughs> a couple years until they're done adding in new characters. Uh, and then I buy, like, the Definitive or Ultimate or Ultra Edition, which I learned my lesson on that with Street Fighter. Capcom loves, they've been doing that since the arcade days, though, where they love re releasing the game with slightly, uh, new elements quality of life and new characters uh but yeah i think mortal kombat is going to do well with the fighting community and my other example which is kind of weird when gears of war 3 happened what was that 2013 i want to say 2014 maybe gears of war 3 happened and the franchise seemed done then we got judgment franchise definitely seemed done years later we get gears of war 4 so here's why my example is a little weird. I think Gears of War 4 was a disastrous comeback because it just seemed very generic. Surprisingly, after this, we got Gears 5, which is a great game. It is one of the most underrated games of the last five years. It really is. So it's funny, like, my example here is basically both a disastrous comeback, and one that saved the franchise. Because 4 was pretty much a flop, in my opinion, and I think 5 was a huge success. See, I don't... Man, see, with 4 being a continuation, does it really count as a comeback? Because at least with Mortal Kombat 9, it was a reboot, and we started the story. Well, it's still a continuation. It went off of Armageddon. The end of Armageddon, or whatever. I don't even think they had a story. Oh, but, see, I don't... Yeah, see, I, I forgot about the story for anything post-reboot 9. <laughs> I'm sorry, pre-reboot. The story was done after uh, Gears of War 3. Yeah. It, I think you could say the same Halo 4, for example. You know what I mean? Like, Halo was done. Yeah. It came back. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the new Halos deserve to be in either category. They're just there for this yeah, it, topic. It's, it, yeah, it's just, it, it just exists. Yeah. <laughs> But Gears, I think, is surprisingly in both <laughs> to me. That's fair. Uh, so, actually, Gears 3 came out in 2011. Damn. I bought the Gears <laughs> yeah, Award. I, I bought that Gears 3 <laughs> Xbox 360 with my own yeah. money. And I'm very surprised <laughs> that I actually did that then because I thought I was like a, a senior in high school at that time. I think I was like a Man. sophomore in high school. <laughs> or maybe even a freshman. It's 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 wild, man. We look at it's like, oh man, I remember these games? You're like, yeah, bro, it came out like 2000. No, no, it didn't. It, it came out 2013. No, no, bro, 2000. Here it is. Oh my god, I'm old. In fact, this game it was running on Unreal Engine three. It was pretty good, man. I, I'd say that's a game that people also forget about because Gears two was so beloved, but Gears three was pretty solid. Yeah, I like Gears 3. It, it was weird because Gears 3 was the one where they added uh, more colors to it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of everything being dark brown and gray, 
uh, with slight blue tints. It was like, yeah, now we got greens and yellows in here. So like, it was, it was, it was, it was something else. You like, there's oh, a war with colors. Oh my gosh. So I got two more games here, and thanks to IGN here, we're gonna leave two articles from uh, I think it's Game Rant and IGN on the greatest comebacks in gaming history because I think these two are definitely worthy to talk about. One of which is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Star Wars Battlefront 2 had a absolutely disastrous launch. Oh, it was a disaster before launch. I remember that. Its launch itself <laughs> wasn't great either. But over the years, like you played Battlefront 2 in 2023, it is a really good game. Surprisingly like a top tier FPS game. Damn. It is really fun. Oh, you're not getting a three, but hey, cool. Yeah. Uh, the other game I want to throw out there is Destiny. Because I feel like so much hype behind Destiny just fell flat when the game launched. And if I remember right, I think it was the Taken King expansion was the thing that made a lot of the people in the community go, shit, that's what we wanted to play. There we go. Do more of that, please. And that's what we tended to get in Destiny 2. More expansions like that. So I think Destiny deserves to be on this list as well as we uh, talk about the greatest and worst comebacks. Hmm. Okay. Don't know. Man, see, that's the weird thing about uh, the Battlefront games. <laughs> um, it, it, seems, it seems to be one of those things where it gets good too little too late. Where the numbers aren't there anymore. Their first impression really turned people off to the point to where even uh, Dice was like, yeah, we're not, there's no, there's no interest in a three because the fan is in the, the fandom is in there. Like, yes, it is. It's just, you know, having, have, have the game feel kind of completed the first time around and don't try to nickel and dime us and hold back all kinds of DLC uh, to drip feed to us. Don't make it a live service game. Just please make it a multiplayer game. Like that would be fun for us. Hell, Michael, look at, you just mentioned DICE, look at Battlefront 2042, or Battlefield 2042, sorry, I'm mixing it up now. Battlefield 2042, <laughs> I think, deserves to be on this list for the other side, the worst comebacks, because I think really? the game is decently fun, I've had a good time with it, but you look at the player counts, it hasn't worked. People are playing, what is that, uh, the Minecraft looking... Battle bit, yeah, battle bit. People oh, are battle. playing battle bit more than they are <laughs> battlefront or battlefield. See, too many battles going on here. It's, it's, there's all kinds of battles. You got the bits, the fronts, and the fields. Yeah, it's uh, all it's all crazy. I'm about to start talking about Starfield here in the next two seconds. Star, are, you, are you gonna call it Starfront? I'm gonna call it Starfront. Then I'm gonna call it Star Fox. Sell <laughs> <Tell> me <laughs> Battle Star Fox Field. There you go. But I think Battlefield 2042 deserves to be on the other side of this to where it was a failed comeback. It hasn't managed to do it. It hasn't gotten players back at all. It's just, it's one of those things that we talked about at the start of the show, right? When do you cut a game loose? Yeah. And it's kind of funny that I mentioned Battlefront 2 being on the other side. Like, oh man, they really did such a good job here. And somehow they didn't with Battlefield. Yeah, and I think one of the problems is that EA is our technical, like, yeah, we have other developers making other Battlefield stuff. It's like, well, 
now I'm okay with not caring about Battlefield 42 because at least I know in the future I have another Battlefield coming out. And man, I do feel kind of bad for 2042 because I, I recently played uh, 2042 last week, actually. And I was like, oh yeah, this game is pretty decent. But it ha I have no drive on picking the game back up when you see all the free-to-play mobile nonsense that's going on in there. You're like, oh yeah, that's why I don't play this game. Oh, well, okay. So yeah, I, I recently played as well. It's decent. It's not bad. It doesn't feel like Battlefield somehow. For some, It's just something about it doesn't feel like Battlefield. And I'm just like, I can understand now why more people are playing Battlefield 4 and 3 than this game. And Battlebit. <laughs> and Battlebit. You got any more gaming comebacks to talk about? Successes or failures? Man, to be honest, no. Um, we, hey, we missed one. We missed one. I cannot believe ooh, that we missed, missed this. Wait, who did we miss? I cannot believe that right before its biggest expansion is about to come out, we have failed to bring up Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, uh, I believe this game has made a incredibly awesome comeback yeah considering yeah. where it was you can say eh, all you want michael here's the thing cyberpunk 2077 when it launched was on the level of no man's sky maybe even worse in terms of this game is trash get it out of my face and what they have done post that time and now we're getting all those like you mentioned quality of life stuff and improvements and a whole new story. Idris Elba's going to be in it. You still got Keanu Reeves. I mean, I think they've done wonders with Cyberpunk. I think that's something that I have to say uh, judgment for when they finally released their Liberty. Uh, what was it called? Liberty? Something. Phantom Liberty. Yeah, Phantom Liberty. Once they released that update, uh, maybe, which by the way, I believe it's the only DLC that they have. I think that's a fair assessment, especially because while it's really cool, all the improvements they've made, this is the big one. You know, this is the one that's going to get people back. Yeah. Which I, I might, I might put the money down for it. I might risk it and go back into cyberpunk, depending on how busy I am. Um, I put money to this piece of shit once, which, by the way, <laughs> I did it when Best Buy had it like, I think like 20, 10 bucks, 10 or 20 bucks or something when they like, they were really trying to get rid of their inventory and they're like, hey, we're throwing a free steel book too. I was like, okay. So I didn't get Cyberpunk right away, but I might do the same thing here. I might be like, okay, you know what? I'll throw you a bone because I do like CD Projekt Red. One bad game does not ruin a whole studio. I don't know how people can be like, oh, they betrayed us. They, they suck now. It's like, bro, it's one game. Like, okay, they, I, hopefully they learned their lesson on how bad this is. But, like, I'm not ready to write off CD Projekt Red as, like, the worst company ever. You know, yeah. So, yeah, I'm waiting for Phantom Liberty. And that would be my final judgment if, if this game actually makes a good comeback or if it should just stay dead. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. But let's go ahead and get out of here, Michael. We've taken up enough time, and I don't want us accidentally to talk about our 
thoughts on Starfield, <laughs> mainly me. So we're just going to do the outro here today. I want to thank you for joining me, Michael. I want to thank anyone out there for listening in. If you want to chat with us about your thoughts on any of our stories of the week or what you think is the greatest gaming comeback in history, join our Discord. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Finally, check out thenerdsesh.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming, movies, entertainment, and so much more. Again, I want to thank Michael for joining me. I want to thank all of you for listening in. We will be back next week with our deep dive discussion on Starfield.